I'm Victoria, and this podcast is all about running, marathon training, and run coaching. It is packed with useful tips to help you grow as a runner. I am a 13-time Boston qualifier and mom of two who started running as an adult. I learned a lot on my journey, and in 2014, I launched an online run coaching business to help other runners. Now, we employ several run coaches and are one of the largest online run coaching companies. We teach you the secrets to reaching your potential in the sport of running. We give real talk discussing personal stories of injuries, setbacks, and PRs. Think of this as a conversation with serial marathoners who share the lessons that we learned along the way. This is the Run for PRs podcast. How to build your training plan for fall races. Summer is almost here, and that means a lot of people are getting ready to build up for fall marathons. Fall is the time of year when most runners run marathons. The Chicago Marathon, the New York City Marathon, the Berlin Marathon are all in the fall. There are just a lot of local marathons in addition to those major marathons. And it's not just the people who are gearing up for fall marathons, but there are also so many other races that are happening in the fall, from 5Ks to ultra marathons. We find that the end of May through early July is our busiest time as coaches for athletes who are signing up for coaches for coaching for their fall races coming up later this year. We wanted to do a podcast that's focused on how to develop your training plan and the factors that you really wanna think about when you're gearing up for these fall races. We will be going into a really deep dive over some of these factors and just a brief overview of what we're gonna be talking about in this podcast are your weekly mileage, like how do you determine how many miles per week you should be running? Um, next we're going to talk a little bit about how many weeks you should train for a race. So that's a really common question. Like, should I be training for 20 weeks? Can I train for eight weeks and everywhere in between? So we're going to really do a deep dive into how many weeks you need to train for these races. And then we're going to talk a little bit about how to find other races lined up before your goal race. So if you have a marathon in the fall, let's say you're doing Chicago and you know, it's the beginning of June now what sort of races should you be doing leading up to this marathon in October? Because if the marathon in October is your first race, well, that might be like ripping the bandaid off, right? You can do it, but we're going to talk a little bit about finding these races leading up to your goal race. Then we're going to be talking about a very, very popular topic in the realm of marathon training. And that's going to be how many long runs you are running and maybe how long those long runs should be. And then next we're gonna talk about the type of workouts. And we're not gonna go into super, like a lot of detail on what type of workouts you should be doing because next week's episode is actually gonna be all about the best workouts you can do to really crush a marathon. So we're just gonna do like a brief overview today of what like those workouts might look like, but next week we're gonna really do a deep dive there. So tune into next week's episode where we talk about the five key workouts in that marathon training build. So kicking things off, we are going to talk um, 
about the first topic, that weekly mileage. So how many miles per week should I be running? So Jason, do you hear this question a lot? Do you see that athletes like to just dive into a training plan that starts at a certain mileage? Um, what do you have to say in terms of weekly mileage when it comes to picking your training plan? Yeah, definitely a fun topic. I've seen a lot of, you know, um, athletes starting at various points when they begin a marathon training cycle. You know, some of them come to me with um, consistent, you know, weeks of training back to back. Others come with zero training whatsoever. And then a lot of kind of in between, right, where they maybe were somewhat consistent or their mileage is just like really up and down from week to week. And so I think the biggest thing is kind of analyzing where they're where they're at um, and what they've been doing the last four to six weeks and then kind of going from there and making a plan. So a lot of times for most people, that first week of their actual kickoff of their training block might just look very similar to the week prior or it might just be slightly higher in terms of like a weekly mileage total or like a mile or two longer on their long run. Yeah, I love how you mentioned that that first week might actually look really similar to what they were doing in those previous weeks. And I think that's really important to talk about because a lot of times people are like, all right, I'm kicking off training. It's, you know, June 1st, I'm going to kick off training for this marathon. They dive in head first instead of, you know, doing their typical maybe running twice a week or three times a week. They go all the way in. They're doing five, six days a week. Um, they want to just go all the way. And that's really where this consistency piece comes in, right? So mileage, weekly mileage is one of those things where we can't just ramp up. It's way too risky in terms of injury. So you're really going to have to look at historically as an athlete, like what sort of mileage have you been running consistently? And we're going to have to stay within that range. We really don't want to increase your weekly mileage by more than 10% in a week. And even that can be a pretty aggressive jump. So that's like the limit. Um, Sometimes we might not really increase if we're also increasing um, let's say your workouts, let's say you're not doing any workouts. So for adding workouts, we maybe are not going to be increasing your mileage by too much. So we really just want to look at a lot of factors. Another thing is, um, are you injury prone, right? So if you're coming back from the injury, it's like, we can't really rush all of these things. I would love to say, yeah, you know, you're coming back from injury. Let's just like, here's this perfect plan. But that's the thing is you really have to listen to your body. And sometimes that's taking it really slow with building mileage. So I would say, you know, if you have a history of injury or if you've been injured, maybe, you know, just focusing on building that base before you dive into what you would label marathon specific training. Yeah. And, you know, I would say a fairly common, like kind of resume, I guess, their background of, um, runner would be, they, they've been running probably about 20, 25 miles a week, maybe like four days a week. And so, um, you know, when that marathon block kicks off, you know, one example that it might, might slight, the, the slight change might be, um, maybe trying their first five day week, or maybe if their weekly long run was like eight to 10, we are going to bump it up to like 11 or 12 at the max. So, other than that, the regular runs are pretty much going to stay the same. We're not going to like introduce too many like new stressors at once. So like we're not going to give them a, a really hard workout if they're not used to doing those workouts, that sort of thing. And so um, kind of keeping it similar um, and then just slowly figuring out kind of where we need to grow in terms of is it up in the mileage? Is it up in the long run? Like what's the most important factor, I think, to kind of get them, you know, on the right track and, and, um, getting, getting them ready for that marathon. Yeah. And it's almost like a puzzle. There's so many factors that are involved. And so you really do have to have a certain weekly mileage in order to train for a marathon, right? Like it's not going to be done if you're running 10, 15 miles a week. I mean, yes, it can be done, but it's going to be painful and you're definitely going to risk injury if you, your mileage and your aerobic base, like isn't ready for the marathon. And so I think that's really important to take into consideration is, you know, if you really have honestly not been able 
able to run more than 10 to 15 miles a week without getting injured, I don't know if now is a great time to like dive into a marathon training cycle. I always like to say a really good um, foundational piece before you start marathon training would be that you have been consistently running or that, you know, you've considered yourself a runner, you know, running a few times a week for the last year and a half or a year. Um, so if you just started running like four months ago, a marathon um, this fall is aggressive. It's not to say that you can't do it. People people do it all the time, but just to like mitigate that risk of injury, the longer you have historically running is really going to add value and going to bring that risk of injury down to be a lot less. Um, so having that strong foundation, also thinking about your weekly mileage. I think it's it's a really good base to be able to say, you know what, I can consistently run 20 to 30 miles per week when you head into that marathon training cycle as like a minimum. Um, you want to be comfortably able to put out like an eight or nine mile long run that shouldn't really like take it out of you where you're out for several days after that. Eight or nine mile long run is a good starting point at this um, point when we're, you know, at the end of May. And so if you're at that level, now is a great time to really get started with your marathon training. One of the most frequently commonly asked questions when it comes to building a training plan. So we talked a little bit about mileage. So it's really about starting where you're at, right? So we can't like jump and miss a couple of steps. We have to start with what you have been doing really in the last three to four months and really looking at the last six weeks of training take what your average mileage has been. And that's really where we're going to start. We're not going to do more than 10% increase per week. And we're going to have those cutback weeks. But then people are wondering, okay, how long do I have or how long do I need to train for this marathon? And that's a really frequently asked questions. Um, do you ever hear people say that they're worried about peaking too soon in a marathon training cycle? Uh, I've heard it a few times, um, mainly from athletes that are kind of like new or they're like inquiring mm -hmm. with us, asking us questions, not so much with the athletes that I'm working with currently. So I think that right. a lot of it boils down to kind of, um, yeah, obviously what they've been doing recently and then their prior right experiences. Like if they feel like they blew up at certain marathons, a lot of times you'll hear that as the excuse or the reason, right? And so... Um, you know, maybe they crushed a long run three or four weeks out from their marathon and then the marathon didn't go so well for whatever reason. So that's kind of when we hear that reason. But, um, yeah, I think for most athletes, I have had the question where they're like, how many weeks, when do we actually start the marathon training? Hmm. And it's like, well, we've kind of been, you know, we've been doing that. It's just, right. we haven't really gone. We haven't done like your long, longer runs yet, as I like to call them or refer to them. So maybe the long runs have been under an hour or under 90 minutes, kind of depending on the level of the athlete. Um, but now that we're getting, you know, 16, 18 weeks out, however long, um, to kind of assessing where that level of the athlete is, because um, you can, you know, typically a marathon block could be anywhere from 16 to 20 weeks. And so then at that point, that's where we start to maybe say, okay, really, we're going to transition maybe away from some of the speed workouts and we're going to um, focus more on like longer, you know, marathon pace work and then increase the longer in distance. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, real, really, you could be trained for a marathon for like a year, right? It's mm -hmm. all about making sure your training is geared for that one specific race, right? So you want to periodize your training so that you can make it to that end goal. And a lot of the times when people say that they peaked too soon, it's typically like a training error, right? So maybe it's that you crushed a 20 mile or four, four weeks before your race. Well, maybe you raced a workout. Maybe you raced like a half marathon and you kind of like left 
left your marathon in that race. Um, so there's just a lot of things that can happen. Um, and typically I think sometimes people can get burnt out during a marathon training mm-hmm. cycle if they dive mm-hmm. into too much mileage too soon. So that's a totally different um, thing. But sometimes people think that that means that they peaked too soon if they reach a point mid-summer where they're like, oh, this just, it feels like a drag. I'm not excited about it anymore. What that really is, is doing too much too soon. So that's why it's really important to start with less and really have that strong base foundation mileage before we start um, doing the more aggressive workouts. And just like that, workout should build, right? So we're not gonna start you off with like six by one mile repeats. (laughs) We're gonna do like two by one mile, two by one and a half mile, and like gradually um, increase what those workouts look like and the mileage of those workouts throughout the course of our training together. Um, So really, there is no rhyme or reason for okay you need a 20 week plan or 16 week plan I always think the bigger the base and the longer that we have to train together the more consistent your training is um, the stronger your aerobic base is going to be so you could train for an event for as long as you wanted as long as everyone's kind of aware of what you're training for and that you're on the same page and that you really are intentional about what you're doing with your training i would say the minimum amount that you would want to do leading up to a marathon if you're someone who has a really really strong aerobic base like you're running 50 60 70 miles a week you can maybe get away with a 10 week marathon training cycle, but anyone who's not really in that camp of having a strong aerobic base, I would say you're going to really need at least 14 weeks of solid training. So like at least three months. And even that is really cutting it close. Mm -hmm. So I think I always prefer to have more like five, six months with someone, because like you said, the typical person coming in is running 25 to 30 miles a week. And as we'll get into, um, in some of our upcoming things that we're going to talk about in this podcast, that's just not um, not enough to really like do long run. So we have to kind of build that right. mileage a little bit before we can kind of like have that peak, have all of that marathon specific training. And so that's why the base is super important. Yeah. I like the long, slow kind of gradual build. You know, you should almost always feel like you're holding yourself back through the training, you know, maybe until like peak week, but you should always feel like you kind of do a little bit more during the week, maybe an extra mile or two on your easy runs or you know, an extra mile or two on your long runs. And that, that's a good sign um, that you're not kind of rushing into it and doing too much too soon. Um, and then those runners who, you know, are very injury prone or maybe it's a first time marathon, I kind of, like you said, I like to work with them longer and have a longer build just so that we can make sure that they can adapt to the training. Uh, for some of those athletes, I might do long runs every other week. And so mm-hmm. we need to space it out more to make sure we have time to get adequate number of long runs in. Um, so I think it just kind of depends on the athlete's experience for sure. Yeah, definitely. And that comes into that next question is really how many long runs do I need to do and what are these long runs going to look like? And so one of the first things I do personally, when someone comes to me and they sign up, they're saying, you know, I want to do Chicago marathon. Like you said, I will just go in and do an outline of these long runs every other week um, just to kind of get an idea of, okay, like building backwards, right? So we're three weeks out from Chicago. We want to be at... 18, 20 mile long run, just ideally. And then we kind of like work backwards to like where they're at now. And if I'm not able to like every other week kind of piece that together, Mm -hmm. that's where it can be like, Ooh, you know, that's maybe not enough time, but, um, how many long runs should you do? It really depends on the person. Right. And like you were mentioning, there are different methodologies to doing this. And so every other week doing a long run is a great approach. That's one approach. That's really um, awesome. I'm not sure what there's like a famous coach out there who uh, they do like a 10 was, is it Meb? 
someone talked about like a 10 day training cycle versus that like oh. seven day training cycle. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, yeah. And so what for runners, it's like ideally there's like this 10 day training cycle. And within that 10 days training cycle, you might have two workouts in the long run. And that's more ideal for like a training block, but because we operate in like a seven day weekly mm-hmm. schedule as, you know, adult humans, we tend to try to like fit our running into that um, schedule of time. And so what that means sometimes is that we might have to do one less workout a week or right. do mm-hmm. one less long run in a week just because the stress load can get to be a lot if you're trying to like squeeze in all of these things. So one way to kind of combat that is doing every other week as one of those really long runs. And when I'm talking about like really long runs or long runs when it comes to a marathon, I'm talking about anything over um, 90 minutes in duration because that's really where like the glycogen storage are getting used up. And that's really when like the stress of running starts to have pretty big impacts on the, the body. So one of the rules that we like to share on our social media page is that your long runs should usually be capped at one third of your weekly mileage. Um, so breaking that down, what does that mean? Like in terms of math, right? So sometimes people want to know, like, give me an example of what that means. So 40 miles per week, if you're running 40 miles per week, one third of your weekly mileage is 13 and a half miles. If you're running 45 miles a week, one third of that is 15 miles, 50 miles a week. You're looking at about 16 and a half miles for your long run. And people are like, well, wait, 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 wait. Like I need to, so in order to get to a 20 mile long run, I need to be 60 miles a week. Um, So that's where these are like guidelines, right? Rough guidelines, sometimes we will have people do 20 mile long runs, but there is this other rule that's coming into play, right? So there's so many rules, right? Um, It's more like a guideline. But the other rule is that we would really like to cap your long runs between two and a half to three hours. So that means not doing any long runs really over that three hour mark because there is a very big risk for injury and it goes up. So what that's gonna look like, um, if you are running 12 minute pace for three hours, that's 15 miles. If you're running 11 minute pace for three hours, that's 16 miles. And if you're running 10 minute pace for three hours, that's 18 miles. And so what you might be like calculating all of this out and being like, wait, so you're telling me if I'm running 45 miles a week that you don't want me to go over like 15 miles in the long run and I'm running like 11.30 pace, so I'm really only getting to 15 half miles. Anyways, like how is 15 miles for a long run gonna prepare me for the marathon? And that's when it's really important to start looking at other ways that we can build that endurance, right? So it's not all about like how many 20 milers you can do, how many long runs over three hours you can do. It's not about all of that. You have to really think about the accumulation of the fatigue over the entire week. And the reason that we like to have long runs only be one third of your weekly mileage is because sometimes people overemphasize that long run. We really need a runner to focus on the compilation of the entire week because fatigue is going to be building throughout the week. And so when you're on that long run with fatigued legs, your body is actually going to be able to adapt better and it's less risk for injury. Um, Your weekly mileage supports that long run. Whereas sometimes what ends up happening is um, like in a bad training cycle, It might be you're doing a 20 mile long run and then you're so sore and you kind of are like borderline injured that you have to take four to five days off after that long run. And then the next weekend you meet up with your group again, they're doing 16, 18, you do that again on Saturday. And you're then again, you're too sore to run really more than like three to five miles until the following Wednesday. And so what happens in that situation is that there's an overemphasis on that long run. And so you're not actually building the same benefits that you could if you were focused on the entire week um, and that 
accumulation of fatigue. And so talk to me a little bit about back-to-back long runs and really Mm -hmm. what that looks like for athletes who maybe are running more like 12 or 11 minute pace for their long runs or maybe even like 12, 30 pace. And they're saying, well, I can only get up to like 14 miles in three hours. Right. Yeah. I do have a fair amount of athletes who, you know, they run even slower than 12 minutes per mile. And so we we do a lot of back-to-back long runs um, or like we might even do like a workout border that with the long run the next day. So you know, a backpack long run could be a 90 minute run one night or one afternoon and then kind of a two to three hour run the next day, the next morning. So we want to try to get it within, you know, like a 16, 18 hour period. And so, um, yeah, that, that's kind of an example. I've also done like a steady state marathon pace run, um, you know, that maybe is like an hour or 75 minutes and then, um, or the whole duration is that long. And then the next, next day they run their 12 to 14 mile long run. And so, you know, we like to think like, hey, those t- the the effort that I took to do those two workouts is basically basically like someone running, you know, 16 or 17 mile long run and knocking it out in one shot. So the accumulation definitely is re- important and the compilation of like all the work you've done during the course of the week. And um, yeah, I definitely agree with you that long run can get over overrated big time. And I think, you know, these guidelines that you just mentioned about the miles per week and the distances, uh, I think it's really important, especially as you continue to um, advance in the level of your running. Like if you're really trying to reach your potential, you know, this is a pretty good progression for the most part to try to follow because, you know, you're not obviously just going to jump into like a 55 mile week and do 18 mile long runs. It's hopefully something you've built over time. And then in, in that case, you've built your aerobic base to be able to kind of handle it and your body's gonna be able to handle the mileage that much better. Yeah, definitely. And it's all about risk versus reward, right? So these are some guidelines. Like we didn't make these up. Um, The two and a half to three hour rule really comes from Jack Daniels. So he is like an exercise physiologist. They've done a lot of tests on this and they pretty much realize that like the sweet spot um, where you're getting the most like benefits from your long run, building that endurance happens between like the two to two and a half hour mark. Um, And then going anywhere really beyond that is where like that risk for injury really starts to skyrocket. And the benefits that you're getting actually really flatten out and they don't really increase, especially um, as that risk for injury increases. And so you really have to balance that risk versus reward scenario. Obviously there might be some mental benefits. So like if you're not believing that you can do something or that sort of thing. Um, Sometimes people for mental purposes really want to go longer than that. But at the same time, I would think, um, you know, there's other ways that you can increase your mental training that doesn't involve risking um, an injury to your body, right? So before I ran my last marathon PR, you know, I was pretty nervous. I was like, how am I going to run 26.2 miles at 7, 7.15 pace was my goal. and I, I was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And you always have like that thought in your head, like, well, I could like go out and, you know, if, if you leave your race in the long run, right. the, I mean, that it totally defeats the purpose of racing a marathon. And that's one of the things that really is tough about the marathon is there's so many unknowns as you head into that race. There's really nothing that you've done in training that is... Um, like the same as running a marathon at marathon pace. Yeah, there are long runs. Yes, there are workouts, but it's just, that's what racing is, right? It's like a test of your fitness and you really do. So when people say trust your training, that's really what it means. Um, So I think there's more ways that you can work on your mental game than risking injury to your body, right? So we even have like a commit 60 workbook that you can download that really goes into like the things that happen mentally inside of your head Um, and challenging yourself within the training cycle 
to work on your weaknesses, right? So there might be some mental things that you're doing that are holding you back from reaching your potential. And addressing those is actually going to go a lot further than, oh, you know, if I run this 20 miler, I'm just going to be like so much mentally tougher, stronger, whatever. Yeah, the mental aspect is is definitely a big factor, especially for first time marathoners, right? Like there might be a lot of doubt um, or the longest they've ever ran is a half. So how are they going to, you know, comprehend running double that Mm -hmm. distance? It's really hard to think about. So, you know, throughout the training, you know, you're going to be uh, introduced to your first couple of long runs over 13. So you might do a 15, a 16, all that. But I think the workouts are really going to be, con- you know, important in supporting that mental mm-hmm. toughness. And so, you know, if you're able to crush certain workouts at threshold or at marathon pace and then bounce back from that, from that, and then do your long run on top of that, like to me, that's, that's like more beneficial because yeah, you could probably go out and run like an 18 or 20, 20 mile long run, but then you have to ask yourself how, how cooked are you going to be after that? Like, are you going to be able to run for a week? You know, that sort of thing. And so I think the recovery, like how well you recover from those sessions, that's almost more important than the actual, like, um, you know, duration of the session itself. Yeah, definitely. And I do think a lot of marathoners do get caught up in that trap. I know I definitely did, um, in 2014, right around the time where like I was just getting a Boston qualifying time, Um, I thought, okay, now that I am at this level, like, let's just hammer some long runs, right? Like, so I just started some like bad habits because that's kind of what other people were doing on Strava or Instagram. That's really when like the big bang of like Instagram and like Instagram Mm -hmm. runners came out. And this was a little bit before like Strava was a big deal. So I would just look at what, what were other people who were also at the time I was like a 327 marathoner. I was like, what are people who are also like between 320 and 315 doing in the marathon because that's where I wanted to be. So I would just try to like mimic what they were doing, even though I had like no idea what they were doing, right? This is like so many years ago, but that's just what I would do. So I would go out and do like these 16 mile long runs at like 745 pace, which was like my marathon pace. Um, And then like on race day, I never had that like extra edge, right? And so now as like a 311 marathoner, a lot of my long runs are like nine minute pace, like 830 pace. Um, leading up to Boston where I ran 311, I did two of my 20 mile long runs at around nine minute pace with one of my friends who was like 20 weeks pregnant at the time. Um, so really you just have to understand that there's a purpose between behind every run. And sometimes what you're seeing other people do on Instagram, on Strava, or just people in your own like running communities and your running groups, just because they're doing something with their training doesn't necessarily mean it's the optimal thing to do. And it doesn't necessarily mean that is something that you should attempt to replicate because for a number of years, several years ago, almost a decade ago, that's pretty much all I did. And I ended up being pretty frustrated, like spinning my wheels and not really seeing any sort of improvements. Yeah, I, I was, I went through the same phase for a while too, where, you know, I paid way too much attention to my average pace for those long runs. I thought that that was like the key indicator <laughs> for whether or not you can run a fast marathon, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, you can run 20 miles at this pace. So right. it's a that definitely booster. means that you should be able to run a marathon at this pace. But you know, I figured out that wasn't necessarily like the case and it wasn't setting myself up to feel good during those marathons. I was maybe going into them a little burnt out or, um, I just wasn't able to kind of get the same training from week to week. I was having to kind of skip workouts, right? Cause I wasn't recovered from the long run, that sort of thing. Um, but pre-Garmin is when I felt like I was the strongest, right? I never really paid attention to, uh, the pace cause I didn't really know exactly what pace we were going. So just kind of ran a lot more off a of feel. I listened to my body a lot more. I know the long runs were slower. Um, 
And so, yeah, I think that we do fall into that trap of, of comparison and really trying to push the envelope a little bit too much on those easy runs. Um, and that's not to say you can't have like structured long runs that are workouts, right. but there needs to be some, there needs to be a reason there for what you're trying to accomplish and, and what the goal is. And they should be kind of a, a progress, a progression there as well. So, um, you know, not just like, oh, I'm just going to hammer eight or 10 miles today at marathon effort just because I, I want to see if I can do it. You know, that's not a good mm-hmm. enough reason. Right. Or just because, oh, it feels comfortable or because so-and-so did it or whatever. Um, So just being really like aware. Um, And then if you do structure in specific workouts in your training, that's really what does give you that extra edge. Because spending a lot of time like at marathon pace when you're early on in a marathon training cycle, it's not really as advantageous as doing some of these other workouts that you could be doing. Um, So that's what we're really going to be talking about next week are like the five best workouts that you can do to really capitalize on the marathon. Um, the first couple of years that I was in a marathoning, I really didn't know like what sort of workouts to be doing, right? Like there was so much information out there. It was like, do Yazos 800s, do some speed work, do hills. And then it was like, oh, and do a long run. And then there's tempos. And so I just thought you pick whatever workouts you want and as long as you're doing something right, that's gonna be better than nothing. Mm-hmm. But then as you kind of get faster, you start to have this like law of diminishing returns. And so to really get that extra edge, you really do have to focus on the specifics of what you're doing and what type of workouts, right? So the first thing you really need to think about when we're talking about doing workouts is that 80% of your weekly mileage, so 80% should be two to three minutes per mile slower than your 5K pace at a minimum. So if you're someone who runs a 5K, at eight minute pace, you need to be doing all of your easy runs between 10 and 11 minute pace at a at a minimum so you can go even slower, right? Um, that's 80% of your weekly mileage. So if you're running 45 miles a week, that means 36 miles a week should be slower and easy. If you're running 40 miles a week, that's 32 miles. So really, um, it's a lot of mileage, right? Like 80% easy and that's what's really gonna help you build that aerobic base. The marathon is, aerobic. So you really want to have that strong aerobic base. I see too many people kind of doing gray zone work or they'll get into like threshold on easy runs and stuff. And it's just really important to save your workout days for workouts. Um, so the best kind of type of workouts for marathon training are going to be things that really work on, um, improving that aerobic system, not really doing a lot of like VO2 max work. So we're not going to do a ton of speed work. We're going to focus more like on threshold, Um, So if you're running 45 miles a week, you might have like eight or nine miles that can be at a faster pace. And we're going to talk a little bit in the next podcast episode next week about like what you can do with those eight or nine miles, how you can um, frame up different like threshold workouts, what that's going to look like, how you calculate paces for that. Um, But overall, I think tempo runs are kind of like the bread and butter. And there's so many different ways that you can frame those up. Yeah. And you know, a lot of times... I know athletes, they have a tendency to want to run faster, right? And so it kind of comes down to the level of the athlete. Obviously, you might not entirely go away from speed, but if, if you have 8 to 10 miles to play with for faster work, quality work, you know, you might, they, one week it might all be marathon pace work, and the next week it might be a significant chunk marathon pace. Um, some of it might be threshold. And you may sprinkle in a speed workout every couple of weeks. It just kind of depends on the level of the athlete. But like you said, the bread and butter is going to be the steady state miles, the threshold miles. Um, And so I think it'll just kind of come down to, yeah, how much time you have to work with too. 
Yeah, definitely. And if you're like elite, obviously your train's going to look a little bit different. You'll probably have some speed work because that 1% really does make a difference. Uh, but if you're just kind of like general public or like newer runner, um, the more like aerobic base you can build, kind of the better when it comes to that marathon. Um, And the last topic we were going to talk about on this podcast was about the races, right? So again, that's going to fall into that 20%. We're only going to do very, very select few races, right? We're we're hardly ever going to race. But I do think it's important when you're thinking about doing a marathon um, five, six months ahead to maybe look for some rust buster races throughout the training cycle. Um, it's good to kind of maybe have two races, right? So one more at the beginning of that marathon training cycle so that you can get an assessment of like where you're currently at or where you're at after your base building, just so that you can calculate paces for those threshold workouts for marathon pace, all that stuff. You really want to know what paces should I be running for all of my workouts, easy days, all that stuff. So getting an accurate assessment of where you're currently at, that's really good. 12 to 18 weeks out from your goal marathon, maybe a 5k, a 10k. Um, something like that. Then we're going to want to look for a race that's a little bit closer to your marathon date. Just kind of see like, where are we at? You know, four to eight weeks out from the marathon. Where's our fitness at? What is everything predicting? And that's when we can really start to think about goal race times for our race after we kind of do that little rust buster, um, four to eight weeks out. So good races for that would maybe be like 10 K 10 mile. Um, some people can get away with doing a half marathon, although it can be a little Mm -hmm. dicey, risky to race a half, um, that close to a marathon, just because it's like asking for two peaks from yourself within a train cycle. Yeah, definitely. I think it's important, um, to do something, you know, before your training block, especially if you haven't raced in a while, because we really want to get that accurate assessment of where your fitness is and make sure your Mm -hmm. paces are, you know, always, you're always training accordingly. So, you know, remember you're not training at the paces that you want to run. You're training at the paces, um, that align with your current fitness. And so that's why I think it's really important to, you know, push yourself and know where you're at. And yeah, you could do another time trial assessment. Let's say you hadn't been running much. And so you did the, the assessment and let's say you're like six months from your marathon, right? So you do the assessment. Um, and then maybe like eight weeks later, you do it again just to kind of see, cause maybe you gain fitness really quick as you started running consistently. So then maybe you do it again, right before you start your training block. Um, but as far as like how frequent, I think, yeah, you only need to maybe do two, three races max, um, depending on how much time you have to work with, but I'm definitely a fan of doing, um, one or two races during a marathon training cycle. So whether that's a 5k, 10k, 10 mile, those are probably the prime distances. It's just good to kind of go through the, the motion of getting ready to race and, uh, dealing with the nerves and all of that and practicing, you know, your, um, your pacing, having a mental plan in place. And so, um, I think racing can definitely be good. Um, you, you don't want to just go into your like gold marathon race, not having done a race in a long time. Cause I feel like that can maybe cause some extra anxiousness. So, um, yeah, yeah. definitely a lot of really good points. And I think it can be really beneficial to have those races. And I know sometimes people don't love to race because like there's that race anxiety and stuff like that, but it's good to just kind of have those going into your race. So hopefully this was a helpful podcast. I know a lot of people are thinking about doing their fall marathons. And even if you're not doing a marathon, um, you're still probably looking for a training plan, right? Um, if you're doing a half or 5k and there's a lot of nuggets you can kind of get out of this and apply to other distances as well. Although it was kind of more geared to the marathon. But if you're ever interested in a more specific training plan, right? So we covered like a lot of topics and can be really overwhelming with like all the math and the rules and the guidelines and everything. Um, that's why sometimes working with a coach can be really nice because then you don't have to like think or overthink, overanalyze your training. And so if you're interested in working with a coach or just getting to know kind of what, what is run for PLs, run for PR is all about, 
what is online coaching all about, you can fill out the form at www.runforprs.com and he gets you set up with a free seven-day trial working with a coach. Again, that's www.runforprs.com for your free seven-day trial. Thanks for tuning in.